and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there's known the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter, but we are a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian and Casey. You can find me on Twitter, that is at, oh, X. Tactically speaking, <laughs> at KCSGE. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, he's already saying no. Uh, at HEFPod is where you can find the podcast uh, channel. Hey, Eintrack Frankfurt on Instagram. Hey, Eintrack Frankfurt at Gmail. Drop us an email. Facebook.com slash HEFPod, as well as the HEFPod.com where you can find where Eintrack fans are extra special articles that you can find nowhere else covering the Eintracht and so much more, especially with our meetup coming up in New York. Can't wait for it, folks. Just need a few details before we can properly confirm it for a meetup in New York. KC1 was great last season, and we want to make this one even better. You already heard him. It's Matt in New York. Hey, bud. How you doing? This is a weird time. This is a weird time, and I definitely got to start off with the episode by, uh, you know, admitting to some mistakes that I've, I've made, and, uh, you know, last episode I went a little hard on our, our big man Tuda in the back of the defense, and uh, hand up, did not know he was injured, and that's why he got subbed off, so uh, I, uh, you know, every man makes a mistake, and, you know, you're a bit greater man if you make, admit one, so, you know, I just got to admit to it, and, uh, you know, too, so I apologize for uh, my comments from last uh, episode. Um, but other than that, Brian, you know, we, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we don't suck. No, it, we don't. I, we got unlucky by, by a wonder shot. Yeah, we got unlucky by a one shot. It should not have uh, gotten to that mark as Eintracht played out to a 1-1 draw with uh, Levski Sofia of the uh, Bulgarian A-League. And uh, yeah, we rolled out with KT uh, and back with Koch. Tuta and Pacho, you know, keeping a lot of consistency in the back with Buta out on the right and Bembe on the left. I thought that was a little odd to kind of place him there. Hauga uh, moving forward with uh, Shakiri and the holding role with Gota, Mamouche, and Moani. Definitely trying to change things up just a little bit and don't blame him for that because. Well, you got the Bundesliga coming up, and you had no idea if you were going to need to pull guys off early or push uh, and push and push for the result. Um, we did not get not get the result that we wanted. We got the result that we deserved, in my opinion, as the 1-1 scoreline would represent. So going to Sofia, we had Philip from the Levski Sofia uh, vlog who... Uh, sat down with me for a little interview to give the Bulgarians an idea of what Eintracht was all about. He did tell me, it's going to be a party. It's going to be a loud, raucous atmosphere. And suddenly I thought, oh, God, it's Strasbourg Mark II. Only this time you were playing in a stadium with a running track. Not like, you know, a good, nice Bundes, like, you know, mid-tier, like Hoffenheim level stadium that Strasbourg had. This is like old school this is what Darmstadt Stadium used to look like and 
their fans really brought it, despite the fact that we had an early goal that didn't dissipate their spirits. They kept on pushing because they realized that, hey, we can either get blitzed or we push. And, like, it's one of those times that, hey, you catch the big guy napping. And, uh, yeah, as a result stands, we were caught more than just napping. Some of the substitutes, who, folks who saw the pitch, Smolchich, Jakic, Lindstrom, Kamakam, Knauf, all of those guys just kind of looked like head, uh, uh, just head just shaking, uh, hands on hips. They just kind of looked like what the heck just happened. And I knew that this could this could transpire. Like, um, I think it was uh, Wolfsburg who was the first one to get into this competition. No, no, I'm thinking of the Europa League. But they got knocked out in the Europa League qualifiers because they didn't take it seriously. Freiburg did that like a couple years prior, as well as Mainz. And you know what? We we got the result that we deserved. Rondo Kotomolani is a wonderful player that we're he's not going to stay forever. <sighs> man, I'm trying to stay calm. I mean, you predicted it right on the spot, man. Um, I mean, the only one who said me, we're not going to win. Yeah, you're the only one. And you guessed the ex- exact score right. So you just shot up four points in our prediction game throughout the season. Um, so you sh- it's bit- this is kind of bittersweet for you. But, I mean, I was unable to watch the game. But, but luckily enough, Eintracht FM is for free online for any- anyone who wants to listen. If you ever want to listen to Lars and Christopher and Mark, they're freaking hilarious. I think it was I think it was Lars and Mark. A little was, delusional. Um, for- a little delusional. Yeah, I mean, a little delusional for sure. I mean, but they fit you know. in with us. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, they're so biased. They're so like biased. It's it's hilarious. It, it fits well, literally, with us. And like, they were literally explaining how the whole game, like that, we were kind of being outplayed a little bit. I mean, even the, when I'm looking at the stats right here, like possession wise, you know, we were outplayed, and that doesn't usually happen with our team. I mean, it doesn't really matter what the lineup was. I mean, I was pretty happy that Jens Peterhauger was able to get the start, um, and then Knauf coming off the bench, I thought was pretty good too. Nice to see those guys kind of getting, you know, out there a little bit more. But the, the result is the result is tough. I mean, I wish I could see the ga- game and stuff like that. It seemed like we had a lot of opportunities, especially towards the end of the game, like having some free kicks outside the box that we could have scored. Um, didn't really take what up about those. What those goal scrambles in the first half? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. I feel like I feel like we're st- we are literally playing to our opponent's strengths and like. The diva showed up tonight, man, and boy, did she slap us in the face with that 95th minute goal. I mean, Kevin Trapp can be Kevin Trapp. Um, I mean, you could put Kevin Trapp, Neuer uh, with a healthy leg, and I, I don't know. Well, let's let's go with Larice um, in there in the goal. Put all three of them in the goal. Neither of them are saving that shot. I mean, that guy Fadiga, that guy he. Took a Jan Zomer, if he is, remember when he uh, was playing for Gladbach and he perfectly shut Bayern down. We're talking one of, the, and you have to have one of the very top guys to be on all match. And you know what? Like Kevin Trapp does enough for us so that in moments like this, I give him a pass. I'll now, tell you what, a Tim Howard against Belgium better, but... can't save that. 
Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but let's look down at how uh, the game progressed. So we talked about goal. We talked about multiple opportunities that the Eintracht had that they didn't put away. And I will go back to the Strasbourg match where, honestly, we got out of there barely by the skin of our teeth. Here, like it wasn't. It took them until the very death to be able to give them that. And we would have kind of came home with the mindset of, all right, throw out the starters for the first 45, kind of like the NFL preseason that everyone jokes about, get the starters some reps in, and then just, like, in mass, make, like, five substitutions, uh, like, early on in the second half. So as to, because we got, uh, we got Coon. Uh, following leg two, so it's not like as though we got a cupcake. I would hardly call anyone in this league a cupcake, but you know, um, home to Coon, I'd like to think we can get a result in that, but hey, we got Mainz on the road next. Granted, that's a different sort of Mainz team, but... Um, yeah, so, I mean, the Strasbourg game is just kind of tough. I mean, because we're dominating that first leg, even though, you know, we lost one nothing. But, I mean, we still went out with, I feel like, a full lineup, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. We um, pulled into that one. And yeah. rightfully so, because it's not, okay, nothing against the Bulgarian A-League, but it's been many, many years that a team from that league was playing in the Champions League group phase. And you have a team in Strasbourg who took the previous season four points off uh, champions Paris Saint-Germain. And that is who we were up against. I mean, it was by a long margin for that round of qualifying for the Europa League because the Europa Conference had yet to be set up. That was the blockbuster uh, matchup of that round. And uh, yeah, less about... Uh, us getting snubbed by all the broadcasters. Unbelievable. I look. I wait before we get to the like broadcasters thing. I want to. I want to quickly share. I, I don't know if you fo- if anybody follows Eintracht stats on Twitter, but it's definitely a, a must on there. <laughs> Did you see this tweet? Yeah. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Oh my god! All right, just for the people they know. Uh, for the other people, they. Uh, Sophia uh, Levski uh, Levski played a game before us, obviously. They played a team called Scoopy. Both those games, they've scored 90-minute-plus goals, one in the 94th and one in the 90th and plus 10, which is obviously 100. But holy crap. And then they did it again against another team called Hapo Beersheba, where they did it in the 96th minute. And then they did it against us against 95th minute. I mean, they don't quit. Yeah, this is a team that has no quit, but I think when they... Look, Sophia, you done good. You're going to come to the Stadion and you're going to have a pissed-off Ultras group. And our Ultras are not... Your stadiums are like 20,000 seats smaller than the very biggest in Bulgaria. Apo Beersheva is like... Heidenheim or Darmstadt's level stadium uh, yeah. out in the middle of the desert of uh, South Israel. Uh, in case anyone wants to go, oh, don't go. Actually, don't go really too far down that wormhole, please. Uh, from from my own yes. sanity. <laughs> like, I, Wake up, right? Here we go. Let's with, go back to the broadcasting. <laughs> exactly. Fuck Paramount Plus. <laughs> well. 
I put it down. It's not just Paramount. I'm giving the I'm giving UEFA. Um, I'm calling them out because they're the ones who are supposed to supply uh, world feed broadcasters for uh, the broadcast of this competition. So, okay, obviously because of a UK interest, uh, an England team versus a Scottish team was gonna get TV. That was a locked-in guarantee. Like, if UEFA didn't pull it off, the UK individual broadcaster would have been like, um, Edinburgh versus a team from, a club from Edinburgh, uh, capital of Scotland, uh, versus a team from Birmingham. Like, uh, I think it's like the second biggest city in the, uh, it should be national TV in London. Like, exactly. Massive TV viewing audiences for, what was it called? Uh, Hibernian and Aston Villa. Uh, Aston Villa team who won the 1981 uh, European Cup. So there is that. Um, obviously, they would show that, but totally getting uh, just ignored. I felt a huge kick in the dick. And I was livid, but I also realized that one can't share the blame. And if you saw how few matches they were showing of the Europa Conference League, I think it was a grand total of four. And like four of the Europa League. They obviously look at the, the playoff rounds for each of those two as you are the secondary ones. And unless you're a blockbuster... We're not going to put you on. I think that's kind of shitty because they because Paramount Plus brags about how they pr- show every uh, match from the Champions League, and like obviously they should, but we're getting com- getting completely snubbed here. It really effing sucks. Yeah, just to show five games out of twenty as well is kind of a slap in the face. Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, and the, what was worse, they didn't have that uh, that goal show, that instant highlight goal show going on, which that would have been adequate, because at least, you know, folks who pay good money to for Paramount+, Plus, because Eintracht's going to be on Paramount+, Plus, at least then we could have seen something, but a real drop by those guys, and it's... Uh, I am going to say it is equally shared between those guys. And anyone who wants to say, oh, no, it should just be directed at these guys or these guys, I would say, dude, come on. Like, it's a partnership. Like, uh, it takes two to tango. So, you know what? I get it. They'll show all the Champions League guys, you know, your Rangers versus Eindhoven, Pananaikos, and Braga, Copenhagen versus, uh, however you pronounce the Polish team. You know, I get it. But that was a slap in the face. But I think it is time, Matt, for us to calm down-ish and talk about transfer rumors because we need to stop talking about this match. Sound good? Sounds good. So, Mbappé said he'd stay at Paris Saint-Germain. I think this means Ronda Colomawani is coming to Paris. It's just a matter of Paris paying the money. And here's why. Because Mbappé has a good, seems to have a good relationship with him within the French national team. And that is seems to be, at least from PSG, after years of just spending potloads of money that we will never spend in our lifetimes... After spending all that money, they realized we're going about it the wrong way. They're going with a heavy 
all French sort of influence, which I think that caters more to what their club is all about. And I think Randall Komolwani is off to there. The question is when. I think we'll have him for the Mainz match, but I think the second leg, we won't have him because that's that's so close to... Uh, Get that's so close to the end of the transfer window. Um, the, our uh, second leg is actually played on the 31st. I think, uh, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was going to be gone and, last weekend, yeah. honestly. Especially I mean, when he got pulled early. Yeah, I mean, Fabrizio's tweet, I mean, that was even the crazy part when he got pulled early because Fabrizio Romano, you know, the, the famous Twitter guy who, you know, tweets out all the confirmed transfers on Twitter or X or whatever. Um, Twitter guru, the transfer guru. Yes. Um, Eintracht are optimistic on reaching an agreement for Rondo Kualamani. Toss continues. Eintracht are looking for replacement. And Hugo Ekitike still discusses an option between the clubs. So it looks like we may get a player swap out of it too with a little extra money, which would be kind of nice. I've heard decent things about this Hugo Ekitike thing. Yes, I haven't done my uh, video analysis yet, but... Um, I mean, it doesn't don't even matter because thing you I don't know. On YouTube, bud. Remember that. That that too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have <laughs> your parents ever never told you not to believe everything on the internet? Exactly. Um, but well, my parents I don't didn't know. tell me that because I came from. I grew up during a slight, a slightly different uh, era. Where <laughs> it was just becoming a thing, and you're like, don't believe everything you read. How was that? Yeah. And now we're in a different world. Um, but I, I've been loving this Wout Vickhorst, uh, or not Wout Vickhorst, excuse me, Fulkrug, um talk recently that if Colomani goes, we got the big guy. Now, I do like that for a couple of reasons. One, it's instantly a guy who's ready to rock and roll and is a proven goal scorer. But there's also a tiny bit of me that is thinking he's kind of only got a handful of years to give us. Do we want that guy who's able to hit the ground running? But you know what? Uh, by the end of his three or four year contract, we're going to be like, oh my God, this chain around our neck needs to go. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. I mean, he's only like a temporary like thing, right? I mean, look, we have already a young star looking like he's going to blossom for us with Jessica and Conkin, you know, and I'm not going to push all my chips on this side of the corner, but It'd yeah, be nice to have floundered at Hartha. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, it'd be nice to it'd be nice to see how um, you know it'd be nice to have a big guy up, up there with someone who has like Bundesliga confidence who can also teach like someone young. Um, and I mean, it's gonna be it. I mean, we'll probably be shopping for you know a striker, especially with all the money that we're gonna be getting, or if we get this Ekatike guy, you know, because I'm he, I'm pretty sure he's a striker. Yeah, he's a striker. He uh, was playing with. Uh, he went up through Rims, which is a pretty good producer of talent. It's that same club that uh, that Englishman took over halfway through the season without uh, his. Oh, the football manager guy! And, I love that uh, guy. And he worked on getting hit. So they t- they paid like a five minute, uh, five thousand, ten thousand euro fine every match that he coached because he hadn't gotten his badges but because they stayed up in legal who went from 20 teams to 18 teams they thought oh you're doing really good uh you're worth it so he came through there um he seemed to also have a time on loan at uh, a 
Danish club that I recognize was the club of a former Sporting Kansas City uh, goalkeeping captain, Jimmy Nielsen. And then he was on Pierce for like a basically coming off the bench kind of guy uh, racking up a grand total of 32 appearances last season. So he's got a fair bit of league on experience with like you know, uh, I guess that's like 40 matches, uh, competitive matches being part of a league uh, team and has already played in one match this season. Be a decent amount, but the thing was, like, they just, like, uh, made his deal permanent for, it looks like, nearly 30 million euros. So, I yeah, mean, that, that, that doesn't seem like it's going to be likely. That would be a huge gamble on our part, but it would show more of a belief in the guy who is ready to rock and roll, uh, per se. What about Bore? Is he gone? Like, did he leave? Like, was his contract up? Like, is he still on the team? I haven't seen him on the bench. He's on the team, but I think it's more of a getting it done with – uh, La Liga clubs, which seem to be the ones who've been the most interested in. But honestly, I look at La Liga and I'm he's like, not practicing either. Yeah, he's like he he's while he was part of the preseason team, he's not been on the bench in like any match. And like once you start no longer getting those match minutes your sharpness goes away. And as we saw with Bore, it takes him a minute to get warmed up before you start getting the results. And I just got to wonder, like, if that's remembered and what they're going to do next. It it blows me away, like, how we just used him for one year and then we're like, "Uh, yeah, we kind of want to chuck you out. And... I mean, look, Randall Conway. Yeah, it wasn't his fault. Such an amazing thing, but it was so much like, holy crap, look at this. But Yeah, I mean, the story is definitely kind of shit if you put it into perspective. The guy, you know, scored the tying goal for us in the final of the Europa, won the winning uh, PK for it. Like, he's historic for us, and the way we're kind of sending him out is kind of – uh, not really in the good size that we do, but we don't know what, what it's like behind these scenes, you know? We've chucked um, some other stars out uh, in the what, 70s and the 80s when, like, we were doing good with them, and then they kind of suddenly moved very quickly on from the Eintracht. And, like, I just don't want this to become of- a Eunice situation. <laughs> yeah, that was horrible, but if I had to pick a club who, or, excuse me, a player, Actually, who was on Rams just last season? If we were going to go all in on a striker, why not go in on the American Florian Balogun? Oh. Who was a freaking unit. Granted, he would have to get used to the German language, but so many of those guys already speak English, so it wouldn't be too crazy. But if anyone's, if anyone's wondering, what the like, why would we do that? Um, in 39 matches for Rams last season, he scored 22 goals. You tell me if that's a good return or not. Yeah, I'm not a mathematician, but those are those are pretty good numbers. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it's a huge question of what do we get? I mean, what kind of player would you want, like, from a physical and tactical Folk standpoint? Luke. Give me Folk Luke. 
I love uh, it because look, it, it gives it, it's gonna give us put me on the island. I will be on the full Krug island, man. I mean, I feel like it's gonna be worth it because like this is kind of his like prime right now. I mean, you know, some players blossom later. I mean, this guy went to the World Cup. He's got great. He's got great. He, he he's living the time of his life. You know, I mean, he's a gritty guy. He's a big guy. He he could be like a um. He could be a, like a a mini Alexander Maya for us for like two years. You know. Yeah. He's got Maybe a boot. Not. I mean, he's, yeah. He's got a boot on that ankle. You know what? If I had to pick like one guy, one random selection. And I've, it's mostly because I've heard so much about this guy, and he was a key guy for the Italian national team when they had that huge run to the European final, and was a star with a mid to upper tier Italian team with Torino. It's Andrea Bellotti, and here's why: Roma is like practically like broke; they can't add anybody more. Yeah. The same guys who took away Indica. The guy literally, if you give him a hardcore run of matches, he's a wrecking ball of a player. And, wrecking ball of a uh, player. And take a flyer on that as someone outside the box. I mean, <laughs> we're talking. Oh, yeah. We're also we're also talking about what, like six months in age difference, right here. And mm-hmm. full cook is probably what. Couple, couple, four, five inches taller than him. I think I'd yeah. still go full cook. Not to bash on your theory, which I mean, I do like it. I mean, Belotti is, Belotti is a solid it's player. It's outside the box, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's outside the box, and we literally have to take him on loan with a plan to buy, and we'd have to take on his wages, which he would be kind of on the expensive side. But the thing is. A player like him needs a club who is basically going to grab him and say, you are the foosball god, and of which he probably would be so and excited to play in front of the Eintracht fans and everything else. He'd probably just get a boner just walking onto the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> Uh, had to throw out some randomness uh, for the last bit of the podcast. Um, it's time for hashtag What Are We Drinking? Matt, what have you got for us? Sticking with the Stellas. I uh, haven't really gone out to buy anything else different just because, you know, student loans, kind of broke, getting married, kind of got some expenses coming. So, Stella Artois for our Belgian friends. There you go. There you go. New York taxes. What a kick in the dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, less said about that, the better, I believe. Anywho's, uh, I'm drinking, well, I'm drinking water right now, but I was uh, enjoying myself a bush latte. Sometimes I go on the just kick back and crack one open. <sighs> bush latte sometimes. I used to talk so much crap on it. I still do, but sometimes the when the situation calls, that is a just comfy summertime kickback, cold beer, especially during this heat wave that we've been dealing with. Yeah, that's what I've been drinking. Oh, bush so, lights. That. Wow. I, I feel like I'm 19, dude. <laughs> and that's almost 10 years. Oh boy! Oh boy! All right, then let's let's wrap up second one before we get in trouble, and we'll be back in a jiffy talking about the reserves for segment two. So stay with.
Segment two of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, yeah, like to say that we have some positive stuff to talk about, Matt. Please, you're probably like, wait, what do you mean? Something, <laughs> something. Regional Liga sued vest. So, um, three matches in Eintracht just played uh, just yesterday. Uh, this being uh, Thursday uh, when you know Eintracht took on the Europa League. So. They took on Hamburg. Now, why was Eintracht taking on Hamburg at midweek? Matt, do you know the answer to that? Why, Brian? Because Hamburg took on as winners of the Saarland Pokal, one of the 19 Verbands Pokals, uh, the original cups that get you into sure. the Dave Pokal. They took on Darmstadt and beat Darmstadt 3 Wait, the same Darmstadt that we played last week? Yes. You're shitting me. There's more to this. <laughs> I am not. I am not. And Eintracht took on Hamburg, and guess what happened? What? 5-0. This is the same reserve team that gave up a like 99th, 100th minute winner to Offenbach just uh, on the weekend. Wow. They come out and they say, no, we're going to smash you. You are living in dreamland. It's time to uh, smash this up. And uh, Hamburg got pulverized. So in theory, the reserves are better than the first team. It looks like it. I mean, <laughs> the fact that Hamburg beats Darmstadt and our reserves beats Hamburg 5 nothing. I mean... That, 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 that's it. And it wasn't like it was just two days later. It was nearly 10 days Don't later. you think this is where Dino and the whole coaching staff should take a look at those boys and maybe bring those guys up in case for like Dave Bapokal games or even like, I guess I was I was going to shit on the Europa Conference League right now, but not, <laughs> not anymore. But still those games, you know, like maybe put them on the bench for, you know, when the, for home games. No, oh, I totally think that we should be having a look at that. If we make it to the uh, group phase of the Europa Conference League, I do think that is still going to happen. It's just we're having to go through it the hard way. Um, you know, four points from three matches. Eintracht, Asfai, looking pretty decent right now. They play uh, Tus Koblenz, uh, a nice city on the Rhine, who, after three matches, have a whopping negative 10 goal difference and zero points. So, wow. Looking at that and thinking to myself, you know, that's the, like, that's on Sunday, same day as Eintracht versus Mainz. I mean, it's a doubleheader weekend, folks, if you can pull it off. But <laughs> probably a little too far to, for traveling, especially if you're going by a train and bus. But, I mean, I'm looking at this and I don't. I was not predicting us to go up because I figured that, I don't know, like Kassel or Steinbach uh, would be more likely to be pushing for promotion uh, as a non-reserve team. And yet uh, two of the top four teams, uh, it, it's a 
Valpe, Stuttgart, and Hoffenheim, who have their reserve teams, you know, in two of the top four uh, positions. And we're only a couple of points back along with Mainz reserves. So, I mean, promotion, I think it's a tall order. But, hey, if these guys show the right promise, the Regional Liga has shown that guys can then jump up to that, make that step up to the next level if you give them a shot and give them the tools to be able to develop. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. <laughs> I mean, listen, it'd be sick if we could have like a second team in the uh, Saito Liga and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I know. Uh, it would be it'd be no, well you mean Dritt, uh, Dritt Dritt Liga, Liga. right right uh-huh. yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> that that's how I believe that Werder Bremen for years and years and years stayed up was because the reserve team continuously stuck around in the Dritta Liga and they constantly were promoting guys who were kind of the bench you know uh, contributors who kind of like pulled the slack. That's when Nicholas Fulkrug uh, developed through with Werder Bremen. Granted, he moved on to uh, Nuremberg, uh, nearly put us out in that playoff before moving on to Hanover and then Bremen, where he has reignited that spark. But for me, uh, I'd love it if we promote some youth. But you know what? We've got a pretty shitty track record, as we mentioned last week, how far we had to delve. We had to go back like 10, 15 years to get more than just like two guys who had heavy-duty runouts. And I always mention Barcock, but he's the last one who had any long-term time with the first team, getting actual match minutes that came from our academy and our youth system. So. Yep. Here's hoping we do figure things out. Some people figured things out many, many years ago. Did you know that this week is the birthday of the Bundesliga? Yes, I did. Happy 60th birthday, Bundesliga. Uh, it's kind of nuts because, you know, if you compare it to the other kind of mid-major to major leagues around Europe, it's incredibly young because it was so regionalized, you know, there was something that happened in the 30s and 40s that kind of interrupted a whole bunch of stuff and kept things very regionalized until, you know, the early 60s when they're like, hey, we can do this. We have enough to do it. So here's hoping that uh, we find the next Charlie Kubel in the Eintracht youth ranks because he still to this day is a record appearance holder in the Bundesliga. And, uh, him and Alex Meyer are my two favorite Bundesliga players of all time for the Eintracht, simply because Super Charlie and Alex Meyer, football guy. Yeah, I mean, both obviously legend. You can't uh, can't forget about Grabowski, obviously, but we never got to watch him play. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's that little tidbit, but you know what? Absolutely key player in that, what was it, uh, 74 Germany World Cup winning squad, the team that lost to East Germany, but then fixed themselves and then took care of the Dutch, the, the super Dutch at the time. <sighs> A different time for an eye Yes. Anywho, yeah, salute to the Bundesliga being 60. Here's hoping we have a new title winner. Um, Same time. I'd like it to be... Anyone 
I'm just tired. I know everyone was ragging on me because of my prediction of Leipzig, but then again, we had a lot of Bundesliga action last weekend as uh, Leipzig took on Leverkusen, one of the other teams that everyone was tipping for a top four finish. And I still think that they're going to finish in the top four. It's just a matter of uh, where in the table that they finish up. Thinking it's fourth place, I still... Look, I know we have Mainz coming up, and Mainz got whacked by Union Berlin. But Union, despite winning 4-1, gave up two penalties. They just happened to save both of them. Union's unreal, dude. I mean, we'll we'll talk about Union whenever we play them. But Mainz, I mean... Darmstadt's about to get dummied. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, they're at minus 105 for all the gaming people out there. Union Berlin is at minus 105 away against Darmstadt. If you don't take that, I mean, I don't know what else you would do. Um, I'm not a gambling expert, so, uh, you know, don't take my word. But come on, wake up and smell the roses. But, dude, I mean, Mainz is going to come for blood. I mean, we, I mean, Garrett mentioned it uh, on the last episode. We murdered them 3 nothing uh uh the last match day back in what june may june so you know no matter what they know it's going to be a derby game they know they're going to come for blood it's just really going to matter how are we going to respond to how they play and how are we going to respond after tying you know lefsky sofia i'm pretty sure this and uh yeah this is the right time to start making predictions but look if there's one player who's going to make the difference it's ronald colomani and what I am expecting to be his very final match day. I think that we might slip back into uh, four at the back, Buta on the right, Max on the left, um, sort of formation uh, to kind of ride your center backs there. To be very much an old school. Still go with Pacho and Cole. Yeah. Like, they'll figure it. You give them enough time, they'll figure it out. It's just. Right now, it's just ugh. And you know what? I mean, would I love it if Makoto Osebe was perfectly fit to be able to be right off the bench, to be able to put, you know, the game to bed? Yes, I would love that. But fact is, I don't, um, this is a tricky one, and I think we have to be a little on the safe side. Don't Not being, like, too overly conservative, but allow Kolo Moani to just bash the ever-living hell out of their center-back pairing, and then uh, perhaps uh, Goltze is able to unlock some space, and um, someone, someone puts the ball in the back of the net. That's how I think things will roll. I still think that Eintracht is not going to come away with a victory in this one, and... I fear it's going to be another 1-1 match, and then we're going to be out for blood uh, come Thursday against the almighty Sophia. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, right now you're leading the board, so but we're also only two weeks in, <laughs> uh, or two games in. So, um, I mean, here's the thing, right? I'm looking at Mainz's team right now, and the fact that Dominic Kaur is playing a center back position is a little, uh, little, little interesting to I'm see. Putting- um, especially on, on the wider side of things. So, along with Danny DaCosta, what up, my boy? But um, it it's almost like everyone forgot that those guys have been there. Like they've just they've just been there. But because it's Mites, everyone forgets about who plays I, at Mites. I, 
I, it's honestly, that team has got no appeal whatsoever. And if it wasn't for Bo Svensson, who I really rate as a coach, they would have been relegated the other season. <laughs> and, or they would have been relegated this past season. Like, Mainz has not got a whole lot going for them. And it's their coach that keeps them up. Yeah. Good to know. But I think... I, I, I think... I want to, yeah, I think we're going to win this game. I also think we're going concede to concede a goal. And, you know, I think it's going to be a very sloppy win no for us. Um, it's going to be a 2-1 win for the good guys. And I think I think Guts is going to get his first one for the season. And I also think Cole Mine is going to get final one for us as well. So, yeah, I think I think it's going to be 2-1 Atla. If I had to pick someone to actually score, now that I think about it, Ebende. He's due. He's a spark. He's a spark in the center of midfield. Yeah, sure, we played him out of position this past match, but it's time to let him fly. And against Mainz, he's the kind of big body with some tactical skill that can get by those Mainz players. Right. And, uh, yeah. I mean, if I'm proven wrong at the Eintracht win, I won't be surprised. I think we're going to be a little bit more on the safe pair hand sort of mindset. Uh, that's where I go with my 1-1 pick. Other picks that you can uh, join us in our Pick'em League. Matt, this weekend we've got two doozies in the Bundesliga. We got the Friday match of Stuttgart and Leipzig. Stuttgart, you know, lost uh, Endo. Their captain just kind of bought out from under them by uh, Liverpool after putting a 5-0 drubbing on Bochum. And then you got Leipzig, who's going to be smarty and thinking... You know what? Okay, we lost our Leverkusen. That was Leverkusen. You're Stuttgart. We're going to put you back in your box. I think that's going to be a lovely tussle. And I think uh, Topspiel, Gladbach versus Leverkusen. Maybe I'm wrong about Gladbach, and Gladbach's a lot better than I'm giving them credit for, but Leverkusen versus Gladbach will be a tasty one. And it, remember, uh, the Gladbach coach is Sewani, who was at Leverkusen before he got fired during the uh, 22-23 campaign. They got off to the horrible, horrible start. So, it uh, that's an interesting battle. I mean, I I I don't I just don't see Gladbach being any good. I don't see Stuttgart being any good in the, either of these games. You know, I think Leipzig has to kind of prove themselves a little bit more, mm-hmm. and so you know they're going to be kind of going through Stuttgart's throw, and obviously losing Endo to Liverpool was huge for them um, for Stuttgart. And so I think that Leipzig, especially being at home, is kind of a slam dunk. And and that's uh, I'm honestly a little surprised that the the Gladbach Leverkusen game is the top spiel, just because you know I think Leverkusen is uh, is a top three team, you know, and I have five top three teams right now, just so that people are ca- making count of it. Um, but you know, I it's I, I think Xabi Alonso has created a great team. I mean, Frimpong is unbelievable on the right wing. I mean, he's he's kind of playing Alonso Alonso Davies styles or Alfonso Davies styles uh, soccer where he's playing right back but you know when he gets to offensive situations he's practically a number nine um so i mean leverkusen is gonna i think smolder demolish crunch obliterate gladbach oh mm, yeah i'm i'm kind of with you with that i'm gonna go with leverkusen leipzig but i think stuttgart will at least have a good fight 
you'll hear our annual at Borussia Park, you'll hear a raucous atmosphere. So, those are our predictions for the Bundesliga for this weekend and our predictions for Eintracht versus Mainz and the Rhine Mine, not Derby. <laughs> <laughs> Ways that you can, that's going to wrap it up with this episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank Matt for joining me for episode 278. Yeah, we're, it seems like just the other day we had hit number 200 and now we're creeping up to 300. We're going to have to think up something fun to do. But in the meantime, where can we find you, Matt, on social media landscape? Of you the can world? find me on Twitter.com at uh, MattSGE underscore New York. And then obviously definitely follow our Instagram page on Hey Atta Frankfurt where you can see all of our picks and see how Bride's clearly a fearless leader right now in both aspects of the podcast <laughs> and the points. Yeah, you know what? I think uh, Kevin Trapp will have some inspiration because I know that my little boy will be grabbing his Eintracht ball with such venom that KT will feel it uh, through osmosis, you know, thousands of miles away, and uh, he'll stand on his head. So here's hoping that the Eintracht put a smile back on everyone after this ugly, ugly Thursday. Until next time, choose. Yeah, I'm not a mathematician, but those are those are pretty good numbers.